Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right. I think we've tracked down Dylan. Really looking forward to this conversation again. The book is called One Soldier, Canadian Soldiers Fight Against the Islamic State. The story of why Dylan felt it was important to him to try to do something about the threat posed by ISIS. And to do so in a very uh, unique and dangerous way, going to fight alongside the Peshmerga or in the front lines against ISIS. So Dylan joins us on the line here this afternoon. Dylan, glad we got a hold of you here. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, it's great to talk to you. I think this is an important story. Um, first of all, what made you want to write the book? Uh, because, uh, you know, it's quite an experience, obviously. But what do you want Canadians to take from this? Uh, so I guess the uh, like the main reason I went was, uh, you know, I spent five years in the military. And uh, I was working up uh, in Fort Mackay uh, doing some bridge building work. And, uh, you know, that summer, uh, summer 2014, I, uh, you know, watched the news, watched ISIS storm out of Syria into Iraq, taking large swaths of land. Uh, everyone's seen the videos uh, of the atrocities they commit. I mean, you know, burning people in cages, uh, boiling them in acid and, you know, whatever else, uh, taking thousands of sex slaves. And, uh, you know, so I started to get the, the thought in my mind that uh, as an ex-Canadian uh, soldier, uh, I might be able to, uh, you know, help some people over there. And, uh, you know, the the turning point was really when... Uh, when Warrant Officer Patrice Vincent and uh, Nathan Cirillo were both killed by uh, homegrown radicals. And uh, that kind of uh, was the last straw for me, and I decided to uh, make final preparations to go over there and uh, help out the Kurds. Okay, well, you know, doing that is obviously very difficult. It's it's uh, expensive to get over there. It's it's obviously not easy to to get into to these areas. And as I understand it, your father, who's a politician in Ontario, was was actually trying to stop you from going. Uh, not really, because I only told him uh, like ten minutes before I bol- boarded my uh, flight in Calgary, so he didn't really have time to uh, do anything. So you so you flew out of Calgary. Where did you fly to? Uh, first to London, then to uh, Qatar, and then into uh, northern Iraq. And it was like, a lot of people are surprised about this, but it's the exact same as flying anywhere else, you know. Uh, I was actually pretty nervous at the Calgary airport because, uh, you know, I'm like flying to Iraq uh, and I have a, a duffel bag or a kit bag full of, uh, you know, body armor, helmet, uh, military clothing and stuff like that. But no one batted an eye. Really? Um, and, and by the way... and. I understand that you basically sold your car, sold off a lot of your belongings to to be able to buy this ticket. Yeah, uh, the car helped uh, contribute quite a bit. Uh, mostly, I gave my st- stuff away to uh, roommates, and uh, I got okay. my brother in Calgary to uh, hold on to uh, like my important documents, like my military release papers and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, pretty well. Uh, what I flew over there with was uh, what I owned at the time. Wow. And how did you make contact with the Peshmerga? 
Uh, Facebook. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty easy. Uh, and so they were happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was some, kind of some confusion. I mean, when I first went over there, uh, like I was under the impression that uh, the guy I'd been talking to, who's a lieutenant in the Peshmerga, I kind of was under the impression that like his commander knew I was coming, but that wasn't the case. Uh, so I was in limbo for a couple of days when I eventually made my way to the uh, front lines. What was your understanding then of what Canada's obligation to you would be if you had been killed or even if you'd been captured especially? Would that have put Canada in, in a tough spot? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, I knew what I was doing. I knew the risks. And uh, if we look at what has happened recently with uh, both that uh, family in uh, Afghanistan right now uh, and the... A uh, guy who was beheaded in the Philippines. I mean, we didn't really make much of an effort to uh, retrieve them or anything. So, uh, you know what? But the, the thing is, is I trusted the Peshmerga I was with, and uh, you know, it, it became kind of a non-issue. I like I wasn't too worried about uh, being captured alive, anyways. Right. What about the, the different factions within the Peshmerga? Because uh, there, there is the group known as PKK, which is viewed by some, by many, as, as a terrorist organization. Uh, how, how difficult was it then navigating the, those different factions? Uh, well, so the PKK isn't part of the Peshmerga. They're, in, they're completely independent. They're the, Pesh, the, the Peshmerga is, uh, is uh, a completely sanctioned military force by the Iraqi government. So... Kurdistan is an autonomous region which has their own military, right. and it is sanctioned by Baghdad. All right, so you steered clear of the Pesh, or rather the, the PKK for the most part. Uh, no, we fought alongside them uh, frequently. And what did they think of you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you know, I like I spent time with them, and uh, they, like none of them really spoke English, but uh, you know, I got the impression that they're very hardcore. Uh, communist and uh you know that's uh doesn't really fall in line with my political beliefs All right so the the area you were fighting in where where was that largely concentrated pardon me the area where you were fighting where you were operating where, where was that exactly so it was all uh west of kirkuk okay uh, so, so i i mean without a map I, it's pretty hard to uh describe to your listeners where exactly that is okay and in that area at the time you were there wh- how much did isis control uh i mean they, they controlled a lot of uh like they, they were very close to kirkuk uh there's even like like before and after i left uh there's, there's been like isis infiltrations into kirkuk uh it's a very oil rich area so uh it was important for the uh kurds to hold on to it all right. So, yeah, and, and and to that point, how much of what you were doing was about holding on to areas, keeping them out of the hands of ISIS? And almost, almost all of my time there was like defensive. There was only one engagement where uh, we actually took uh, territory. And do you feel like you made a difference? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some of your listeners may have seen uh, a video that's on Vice. Uh, there was a guy shot in the face. I pulled him. Out of uh, out of enemy fire and into cover and uh, bandaged up his face and he was able, like they were able to uh, medevac him. So and, and you know what like there's a lot of a uh, lot of different 
ways that maybe uh, me and both uh, the American Marine, I was there with help, uh, like the the morale that we contributed to uh, the groups that we fight with was uh, immeasurable. And to that end, and you did obviously end up killing some ISIS fighters as, as part of, of this combat. You were there to try to, to stop them. That's what's involved in, in fighting them. How do you feel about that now? Uh, I'm fine with it. It's not something that you obviously doesn't doesn't torment you. I mean, you, you knew what you were getting into. You knew what you were there to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- there's other things uh, that happened. Uh, you know, it, that's we probably don't have time to uh, get into like specific details. But uh, you know, I saw things that uh, I would have rather not seen. But uh, you know, that's part of warfare, and uh, you know, I managed uh, to come home and uh, you know build a pretty good life for myself and. Uh, you know, I understand some people, uh, like, like I know what PTSD is, uh, I don't have it, but, uh, you know, I understand why people may get it and I definitely sympathize with them. How long were you over there in total? Uh, just short of, uh, three months. And so what led to the decision to come home? Uh, so it was kind of a multifaceted, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, they told me that we weren't going to, like, me and uh, my Marine friend weren't going to be allowed on the front lines anymore. Uh, the general we were with was like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll we'll keep you in the fight. I We didn't really believe them. Uh, th- th- there were several things. I don't know if they were being pressured by uh, Western governments to get us out of, the, out of combat. But uh, either way, uh, I did what I set out to do, which is help people and... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I can say. How difficult was it coming home? Were, were authorities concerned about what you'd been doing over there? No. Nope. Uh, so I arranged to be debriefed by the RCMP the day after I got home. Uh, they were very nice. They came back to my parents' house, uh, had a good chat with me. And uh, and then CDSA, the border services, uh, they had no clue. They were like, uh, what what are you doing? What were you doing in Iraq, uh, fighting ISIS with the Kurdish Peshmerga? And he's like, Do you have any alcohol or tobacco? <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Um, how much of an adjustment was it once you were home, having been there for uh, three months, seen what you'd seen? You know, there was a couple, uh, like a couple weeks where I felt really out of place. I mean, you go from, uh, you know, having a very defined role of uh, being a soldier. You have a mission. Uh, and then you come back and there's kind of like nothing, right? Like you, you have no more mission. Uh, so I, I guess there was a bit of an adjustment, but I, you know, found myself, uh, shortly after working in, uh, financial services and, uh, and I adapted very well to it and it kept me, kept some for me to focus on. And, uh, yeah, I think I made a very quick, uh, adjustment. I also find interesting what I was reading, because even though you personally chose to get involved, to intervene, when it comes to Canada, when it comes to foreign policy, you're, you're more of a, a non-interventionist. It seems, might seem like a contradiction. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, like, I don't really know what to say to that. I, what, was that how you feel? Why, why do you feel yeah, that way? Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, like, like, like it's, it's hard to explain. Uh because, like, like, I'm kind of torn between uh, the conflicting ideologies, I suppose. Uh, 
like a, a large part of me feels like we shouldn't get involved in foreign conflicts uh, and we should be strictly defensive. And another part of me feels like we should fight for uh, humanity, just like the Kurdish Peshmerga. So, I, I, I mean, it's, it's not a black and white issue. Yeah. Do you still follow it closely? Do, do you think ISIS is uh, on its back heels? Oh, my, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they've been, like, decimated in Iraq. Uh, they, you know, they're holding on to Mosul, but barely. Uh and you know, even in Syria, uh, the Syrian army and uh, and the YPG Kurdish forces are closing in on Raqqa. Uh, I, I think uh, like Syria will be a bit longer, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if ISIS is defeated in the next uh, like month or so in Iraq. Maybe a bit longer than that, maybe three months, but. Well, let's hope so. Uh, in the meantime, the book is called One Soldier, A Canadian Soldier's Fight Against the Islamic State. Uh, Dylan, congrats on the book, and uh, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. There you go. Dylan Hillier, former Canadian soldier, in his book, One Soldier, detailing uh, his decision to go fight alongside the Kurds uh, to fight ISIS directly and uh, what it was like being over there. It's quite a story he has to tell. Some pretty amazing pictures as well included in the book. All right, 403-974-8255. Let's take a quick break. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.